Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to hit the follow button. Also, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, listeners. My name is Lisa, and today I'm going to share some information on what is called survival mode. In a previous episode called the four F's of trauma, I discussed what the four typical responses to trauma look like. The four F's being fight, flight, freeze, and fawning. And today I'm going to expand on that conversation a little further and talk about survival mode. These things kind of come hand in hand. I thought this topic may be insightful with the holidays fast approaching. Uh, Many individuals experience stress or triggers during the holiday season. And we do have another previous episode called Trauma in the Holiday Season, where we discuss tips and ideas to make the holidays a little more peaceful. But let's face it, I mean, the past few years have been difficult to navigate for all of us. I mean, from a global pandemic, uh, navigating life and work and lockdown, burnout, some losses we may have suffered along the way. I mean, there are so many of us that may be living in a state of survival mode and not even aware of it. So what is survival mode? It's when stressful stimuli cause a physiological, meaning in the body, and psychological, in the mind, response. We release stress hormones. Our stress response systems become activated, and we're essentially focused on combating danger. So before I go into some of the signs that you may be experiencing survival mode and some tips for alleviating it, I want to talk quickly about how this happens. And I say quickly because I can really nerd out on like all this stuff. So I'm going to make sure that I don't get off track. But to dive in, we're going to have a quick chat about the brain. First off, yes, our brain is obviously amazing. She is doing the most for us. She's running the show. But one downside is that oftentimes if we've experienced trauma, our brain can have a really hard time differentiating between real and perceived threats. And regardless if the threat is present or real at the time, it can still go to react in survival mode. Our prefrontal cortex is what is in charge of problem solving, emotional regulation, decision making, critical thinking. In a non-traumatized brain, This area will react to a situation by using those emotional regulation or problem-solving skills to come up with a well-thought-out response or action. A huge change in this part of the brain happens when we experience some type of trauma or after that trauma. So post-trauma, it is really difficult to use the prefrontal cortex skills effectively because the survival mode brain begins to take over. Our survival mode brain is all about self-preservation and safety and keeping us away from any danger, again, whether that's real or perceived danger. So it will begin to act very impulsively. It overrides the typical functioning because those critical thinking and problem-solving steps may simply take too long, and your brain is quickly and impulsively looking for actions or decisions to keep you out of harm's way right now in this moment. So how do we recognize if we're living in survival mode? Of course, this is not the full list, but some of the most common. 
Number one, you may be lacking in or forgetting to care about your basic needs. And I know for anyone who's experienced a high level of stress or a major traumatic event, things that seem as simple as getting your teeth brushed, showering, eating, these things can absolutely fall to the bottom of your list of priorities or even be forgotten about because your brain is so focused elsewhere. Side number two is a lack of focus. Things throughout the day may seem a little bit of a blur, and you might find it really hard to concentrate on things or finish an activity the way that you usually do. Sign number three, you may be emotionally reactive. So perhaps you're more sensitive, emotional, or upset about things that typically wouldn't bother you. You may even be more quick to use frustration or anger or cry more easily over things. Sign number four is changes in memory. So yeah, maybe you're having a hard time remembering things like conversations or moments throughout the day. When asked how your day was or what you did, it may take you a bit to recall what actually took place to give a response. Sign number five is fatigue. Your body and mind might just be tired. And I mean tired. I mean, those days where regardless of the sleep you got or, you know, what you do or your activities throughout the day, despite all of that, you may just seem exhausted and don't ever seem to feel fully recharged. Sign number six is difficulties in multitasking. Because your survival mode brain can be in overdrive, it'll make it really challenging to complete several tasks at a time because the brain power to complete those things just is not fully present. Sign number seven, you may be more impulsive. So maybe you're jumping onto new fads or trends that you typically wouldn't be interested in. Maybe you're eating more, you're spending more money, or even engaging in behaviors that are really not like you, such as drinking or smoking. These can be some negative coping skills that are brought on by that impulsive survival brain. Sign number eight, you're jumpy and on edge. Because your body is in a heightened state of danger or stress, you can tend to be a little bit more reactive to the stimuli around you. Lastly, sign number nine, everything feels urgent. So you may feel overwhelmed or like, Everything has to be done right the second when, in reality, it's okay if that task is put off until an hour from now. Your brain is in overdrive and it's beginning to make any task or action feel like it needs to be completed right now or else there's consequences. So what could we do if we notice that we may be living in this survival state? Luckily, there is definitely hope to lessen or manage these survival mode symptoms. So tip number one, seek professional help. If it seems really unmanageable to do this work on your own, that's what professional therapists are for. And I know not everyone has the financial resources or maybe the desire to seek out professional help for whatever reason, but it's really something to think about if survival mode is interrupting your daily functioning because yeah, you do deserve to have a life that's focused on the good around you. Number two, just be kind to yourself. 
Remember that you are worthy. You are not failing. This isn't some problem that you are intentionally creating for yourself. This is your body having a reaction to stress and trauma, and you are not alone in that experience. Remind yourself that this is normal and temporary. Take time to focus on self-compassion. If you are interested in knowing more tips on that, I have two different episodes mentioned below talking about overcoming trauma with mindfulness and self-compassion, both with incredible trauma therapists. So I encourage you to check those out. Next tip is move your body in a way that feels good. We know that trauma can be so disruptive and really keep us in a hyper-aroused fear state. Movement or exercise can be a really great tool for releasing pent-up energy or releasing feel-good endorphins, but just make sure it is something you like. Um, I mean, please don't like take up a hardcore workout routine or you know force yourself to go rock climbing if that stresses you out because you're afraid of heights, right? Um, don't do anything that feels stressful or awful because that would absolutely be counterproductive to the work you're doing here. But yeah, just find some kind of movement that makes your body feel good. Next up, prioritize self-care. Make it a point to find things that you enjoy and get lost in the moment doing. And I mean, self-care, it's so versatile and it's really different for everybody, what works for them. Um, Actually, not long ago, I did a talk online and was talking about self-care And I shared out that petting my animals and being with them is a form of self-care for me. And I had someone comment that they were like, I never thought about that before, but it really makes sense. I was like, yeah, well, for me, you know, when I'm with my animals and petting them and grooming them and playing with them, I do lose track of time. Um, And also I lose track of some stress or worry when I'm doing those things with them. So it's like a, a form of therapy for me. But find things that work for you. Um, I will plug yet another episode of ours, but our first ever episode we did on this podcast was talking about self-care and what it looks like. So I encourage you to check that out as well for some more ideas, but also just make sure that you're sleeping well, that you're eating enough and taking care of your hygiene. Even if you have to write these things out as action items to get them done, like whatever works for you in that moment. And I also just want to say too, like, there's no shame if you're struggling getting some of those things done. Okay. Like, I think we've all been in predicaments where, you know, we are grieving or we're really stressed out and and things like eating or things like getting in the shower feel like a lot, or it's just not at the forefront of our mind. And again, that's okay. Right. Number five, reach out for support. If you have trusted loving people in your life or even friends online, make it a point to reach out to them. And you do not have to talk about struggles you're going through if you don't want to, but this can just be a time of having that social outlet to talk, to laugh, to vent, like whatever feels best. Know that people in your life are there for a reason. And those that love and care about you, they would much rather you come to them when needed. So don't feel afraid to lean on those people for support. The last tip here, practice some grounding techniques. All of our listeners know that we are avid supporters of meditation, breath work, and grounding activities. But in situations where our brain feels really chaotic and maybe it's hard to calm down, 
Even taking a minute to take deep breaths can be an absolute game changer. We've mentioned grounding techniques in several episodes, including the ones I already mentioned, but I will also link a list below in the description so you can check it out and feel what kind of grounding techniques feel best for you. And I think that's a great segue into us practicing a little grounding and mindfulness here, and we're going to do our meditation for the day. So if you are in a position to take on a meditation at this time, I encourage you to get into a comfortable seated position. Just really start to relax your body in this comfortable position. And I want you to start taking meditative breath, which is just breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Deep breathing in and deep exhalations out. While you continue with this meditative breath, Start to relax all the muscles in your body that need relaxing. Scan your body. Look for any sources of tension. And we're going to incorporate two different techniques into this meditation. So while you are in this relaxed state, taking those meditative breaths, I want you to give yourself the butterfly hug. And how we do this is gently cross your hands over your chest and you're gonna link your thumbs together with the tips of your fingers under each collarbone. Now what we're going to do here is we're going to one hand at a time, just tap under our collarbone. So just alternating, tapping left, tapping right, tapping left, tapping right. And while we are doing this repetitive tapping, I'm going to do a few rounds of circle breathing. We're going to breathe in for a count of one, two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. In, two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. In, two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. In, two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four. In, two, three, four, and out, two, three, 
four, last one in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. Continue in that butterfly hug and just taking deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Make the rhythm of the tapping as quick or as slow as you want to. Just enjoy a few moments of silence, continuing this butterfly hug and breathing deep. You can either continue with the butterfly hug or gently release your hands, place them either on your lap or at your sides. Take a deep breath in, really fill your lungs all the way and a big exhale out. Again, deep breath in, expand your lungs and big exhale. Last one, breathe in some positivity on this last inhale. Exhale any stress. And you can start going back to your normal breathing. Start to kind of bring your body back into the room, come back online here. Gently move about in your seat, float open your eyes back into the room. And I hope that meditation just brought some peace and some grounding to your day. And again, another great technique. So feel free to use that whenever you may need it. So in the description below, I'm going to have a lot of information on this topic so you can continue to learn about this. I'm also going to list out all the previous episodes I mentioned today, and I know I mentioned quite a few, uh, but I put them down there in the description. That way it's just easier to find them in our library. If you are celebrating holidays that are coming up, I just want to wish you such a happy and safe holiday to you and yours. And we're not going to be uploading again until after the new year. So happy new year. Let's go 2023. Hope it is bringing us a lot of the peace, joy, and whatever else we need that maybe these past few years haven't really given to us. Fingers crossed for that, to be honest. But I just want to say thank you so much for listening in, and we hope you will join us for our next conversation.